Guitarathon is the greatest guitar sale on earth, and it's happening now. Get massive savings on a huge selection of electric and acoustic guitars, basses, amps, pedals, and other accessories. Get select Ernie Ball strings, three for ten. Save $100 on a Fender Special Edition Strat, or get a Yamaha acoustic for just $199. Plus, get special financing on select major brands. Don't miss these incredible deals. Available online and in store now through November 1st. Guitarathon, only at Guitar Center. Find your sound. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, my friend. David Walker. Doug, I am uh, he- AirPod, earphone, earpodless. I'm going thumb to face, <laughs> taking it old school. What happened to your AirPods? That's, I don't have any AirPods. That's what happened to them, Doug. You and your Apple hate. I didn't have, don't have any AirPods yet. You, you wait. That's, that's impossible. I saw an 80 year old man the other day walking through <laughs> no. Fourth Ward Park with AirPods. How do you not have AirPods yet? Laughing at, just laughing at me, man. <laughs> Uh, you're wearing off on me. It's not a good thing. So let's just, you know, let's just move on. You know what I did like out of the Apple announcement? I forgot to mention this oh, the other day. There was one the, thing, one, line. one thing that I did that like. Shining star. It was uh, the fact that through iMessage now we can pay people. It's like mm. Venmo for iMessage. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That that's that's certainly something that they should have done, but um, they didn't get too deep into the details and like so. It, it goes into a basically what I took to be an iTunes card, right? So like it, it goes to your, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like oh. it creates a new kind of new card, which you can then of course withdraw from, but I don't think it goes, I don't think it goes straight to your bank. I'm sure that there's probably some deals to work out. Maybe when they launch it, uh. maybe when they launch it, they'll have, they'll have the banks on board, but that's what I took from it. At least I haven't done the deep dive. Well, I'm glad um, you completely threw water on on my happiness because so I thought it, I thought one. it was going because when I heard it, I immediately thought this is going to be an easy way to bet sports with my friends via iMessage. But yes. now you're saying that it's going to be this whole runaround. Yeah, it doesn't go. It's it always something. Like it's always, it can't bank. be perfect. It can't be perfect. It, it's always some catch. That's ugh, all right. Well, let's let's just give them time, Doug. They they tend to figure things out. All right, that that has me a little frustrated. But David, it did <laughs> feel good to get back into the gym, the Hornets practice gym. That is where I really tested my arm strength today, holding up my audio recorder for extended periods of time. <laughs> it's a real endurance test. I mean, those the guys that were talking were sweating. But uh, they didn't go through anything like I went through. My arm was shaking. Uh, before you I got the steady cam, you had the steady cam, so you're all set. <laughs> before I got to the practice court, I had to twist and wind my way through the makeshift team store. But after I made my way through that maze, I got to look on as the Hornets finished checking out their first round of NBA draft prospects. Attendees included Jack Gibbs from Davidson, Kareem Allen from. The University of Arizona, Austin Arians from Wake Forest, and the biggest name in this bunch, both literally and figuratively, was Shemek Karnowski. First of all, 
Let's talk about all of the names that I got wrong yesterday because <laughs> <laughs> there were a few of them. Yesterday I said Prezimek Karnuski. I told you I told you it wasn't Jake Gibbs. It's, it's Jack Gibbs. <laughs> FIBA? FIBA? No, it's actually Shemek Karnowski. Also, I said the 6'10 forward out of Louisville was Mangok Mathiang. Come on, man. That wasn't anywhere near close. It is, in fact, Mango Mathiang. The K is silent and the host is dumb. Well said. So, did, you, did you just ask all these guys how to pronounce their names? No, today? you know, the Hornets are the PR. Listen, the PR staff of the uh, Hornets, yeah. they know what they're doing. They give the little, little handouts with the pronunciation guide. So I got it. I'm good to go now. Okay, back to Karnowski. Seven foot one, David. Three hundred pounds, and and he looks every bit of it. Let me tell you, in person, the beard, the sweat. For a moment, for a brief moment, I thought I was in an episode of Game of Thrones. Felt very Viking. Felt very uh, what's the guy? The Mountain. The Mountain. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He had that kind of vibe going on. Um, but I was surprised, David. He was attempting three pointers out there. And of course he was. Got in. Of course he was. Everyone has to shoot threes now. I mean, did he show any ability to hit those little bunnies that he missed in the national championship game? Ooh, that's a sick that's bird. A sick that was not a dig. That was not a dig. Like a little bit of a dig. Not uh, a dig, my dude. Well, listen, they the w- Karnowski was asked about those three pointers and if he was working on his range game here's what he had to say i've been working on that 15 18 uh, feet mid-range shot you know i've been focusing on that uh, kind of try to uh, change my game a little bit be more versatile and show, show teams that i can do that on a daily basis it really shows you how much the game has evolved david you have a seven foot one 300 pound mountain of a man and in his workout he's putting up 18 footers and trying to extend out even farther yeah, it still feels weird. I mean, that guy's huge. He should just be banging and unloading on people. He, did, he doesn't really enough. get a lot of lift. It's not doesn't enough really today. Lot, doesn't really get a lot, a lot of lift, though, does he? But I guess at 7-1, I mean, how, how much lift do you need? If you were wondering what they do during these workouts, well, let's let Davidson guard Jack Gibbs give – Jack Gibbs? No, Jack Gibbs. <laughs> Jake Gibbs. Jake. <laughs> Jake. Jack Gibbs. Give you a quick behind-the-scenes look. Some shooting drills at the beginning, uh, then some one-on-one, two-on-two, three-on-three kind of stuff. Just situational stuff that we did with the pick and roll and the down screen. Uh, reminded me a little bit of Davidson basketball, so it was nice to be able to get out there and play with a, a lot of other great guys out here. They're, they're talented, so it was just lucky to be out here. There's a, re- there's a really interesting question, David, surrounding how much scouts, the GM, the rest of the player personnel staff who are all in attendance today – really get out of these workouts because the drills are pretty rudimentary and I'm sure are approved by agents in the discussions leading up to their attendance. Yeah, I just don't know how much how much you get out of stuff like this. How much do you think they're evaluating like the the own like the coaching staff and like how they're running through stuff? Is that in play at all or is this just so routine and, and down pat that that's just you know this is because this is the first one, right? Yeah, I mean, well, it's definitely an opportunity for the assistant coaches to get out there and and mm-hmm. show their stuff as well. And we're going to talk about uh, the newest assistant coach on the squad, Mike Batiste, here in a second, who had a chance to talk to the media. But yeah, I think Segway. that's I think that's <laughs> I think that's definitely part of it. But I think you know these workouts are more about 
maybe addressing one or two questions that you have out on the court, getting a chance to really see it with your own eyes. But Mm -hmm. I think it's mostly, and, and this will come into play when they get some more you know, established names that they really are considering for that 11th pick or possibly the 41st pick. It's really trying to get to know who these players are, you know, their personalities, what they have to say, that kind of thing. Because, you know, if you're going to invest that much into a player, then then you want to make sure you know what kind of guy you're getting, and especially on a team like this, David, the Charlotte Hornets. And they value uh, they value locker room chemistry. They value fit. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, I think that's important as well. Probably the common theme across these guys, I'm guessing. I mean, probably probably pretty pretty decent dudes, I guess. I don't know. I mean, it, did you see any like similar thread or how they, they chose these guys? I mean, I think Gibbs is a local guy for sure. We've heard his name around these parts for a while. But, you know, Karnuski's name popped up in the national championship. And, and with, you know, one of the best teams in the nation, some would say the best. They'd be wrong, but some would say it. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of interesting. Did you, I mean, was there any talk of that? Like, you know, why we brought you guys in or we're just looking for a certain type of character guy? Well, I mean, look, Kareem Allen is a, a three and D kind of kind of prospect. Yeah. Um, Gibbs is definitely uh, has some offensive prowess as well. Um, and Karnowski has that big presence inside. So, yeah, maybe it lends so, some idea. You know, these are all prospects that are not even projected to be taken right. in the second round. But it does kind of give you an idea of the type of player that yes. they are looking at and, and maybe players that they could look at uh, in the future. Um, but it's definitely, I think, all guys that sort of land in that same. Uh, VJ Beecham was another one, kind of tall, lanky, has that kind of KJ McDaniel sort of feel to his game. You know those those type of players. I think that uh, it does give you a little bit of an indication of what they will be looking for just overall mm-hmm. this summer. Yeah, yeah. The the boxes they're trying to check, right? Like they know what they're missing: tackle, point guard, big guy in the middle, athletic guy. So that's kind of uh, feels like that's kind of the the slots they're trying to fill for sure. So I'll be interested to see. You know who, who else gets the invites, who else gets the workouts. I'd love to know who turns down the workouts. I mean, we could we will guess never some, know that. But we will <laughs> never know. That'd be the best. We could guess. We could definitely, we could play a game of speculation, one of our favorite games. Um, here's one thing we do know. None of the players in attendance are projected to be drafted in that second round as of now. But as we discussed yesterday, this is an audition for a lot of things, for summer league pickups, practice squad invites, and even future overseas trips for these guys. I mean, honestly, we talk about coaches and we talk about what the team is looking for, but these uh, these type of workouts are just as important for the players who are attending um, and word travels in this community, and it's a difficult process for these guys to go through. Listen to Arizona guard Kadeem Allen talk about that. It's been time, man. Uh, you know, workout after workout, and getting on each flight to go to each city, and you know, but I feel at the end it's all gonna pay off, and uh, you know, it's, it's a great opportunity. Donovan Mitchell out of Louisville. A lot of people want him to be in a Charlotte Hornets uniform mm-hmm. come June twenty second. Uh, mm-hmm. He tweeted out a picture of uh, him uh, flying coach to one of these workouts, knees right up. You know, we complain about the leg room, David, and you and I. Uh, what yep. you're a cool, you're a cool six foot, six one, right? How tall? Uh, are you? I'm six. I'm six three, six oh four. Oh my god, I'm, I'm shorting you. I'm sorry. Hair. What are you in shoes? Uh, six four and a half in shoes with the hair. What are you in high heels? <laughs> um, what do you mean they're all ideas? <laughs> um no so you know we we complain about leg room i'm sure but 
It's nothing like, oh, well, I don't know. That's actually, you probably are as tall as Donovan Mitchell. So I'm you exactly have some... like, I'm exactly like Donovan Mitchell. Exactly <laughs> you right. Some... There. Like, you nailed it. I know what he's going through. Send me that tweet. I'll tweet back at him. I'm with this you. guy is right. good. Uh, hey, by the way, if you are great at sales and you're looking for an send opportunity in sports, <laughs> send me your tweets. You're very popular on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, if you are great at sales and looking for an opportunity in sports, listen up. The Locked On Podcast Network is hiring a national sales manager. Be a part of the fastest growing sports podcast network selling the NBA channel, the NFL channel, and the entire network to national advertisers. Here's the deal. If you've got the skills, if you've got the perseverance and the game to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, email LockedOnPodcast at gmail.com with your resume. Someone asked me the other day, hey, got any more information about that sales job? And I said, I do. Email LockedOnPodcast (laughs) at gmail.com with your resume. And you can get lots more information. Uh, a lot of talk about French point guard Frank Nilakina being a possibility for the Charlotte Hornets at 11. Uh, Rick Bennell of the Charlotte Observer doing a write-up on just that subject. The Hornets in need of depth at the point guard position. And French Frank has raised a lot of eyebrows, though there are some unanswered questions about his skill set and his physical tools. Lead NBA draft writer at Bleacher Report Jonathan Wasserman is attempting to get some clarity on the physical tools part. In a tweet yesterday, he said he was told by an unnamed executive that Nilakina had a wingspan, get this, David, of seven feet, one inches. That's 10 inches longer than Dennis Smith and seven longer than uh, De'Aaron Fox. Does Does this change some of the draft calculus for you if this information is indeed accurate? Oh, you know it does. I'm all about the wingspan. I mean, a seven foot. I think that's longer than Donovan Mitchell as well, or right up there with him. So, um, wingspan is wingspan. <laughs> wingspan's big for me, Doug. Um, but I mean, your concerns. Length. I think this is a league that's that's uh, based yeah. on length. I mean, a lot of a lot of things revolve What's, around length. What? How, how tall uh, again is he? I can't remember. Oh boy, six three, six four, six five, six six. Somewhere in the sixes. <laughs> I feel confident. No confidence. Hold on, hold on. I want to look this up. Don't you worry. I got these. Well, seven one has got to be got to be between six four and six five six six. I wrote this whole segment and didn't have it pulled up. <laughs> All right, uh, he is six five, so he's already okay. on the tall side for a point yeah, guard. Yeah, but wingspan listed as na right now because of course he did not Off attend. The charts. He didn't attend the Off combine, the so. You know, there's a lot of these guys that you're just sort of, and especially Neil Aquina, who, you know, some of these guys that don't attend the combine, they've attended some, you know, Jordan brand events or Nike sponsored right. events, and they get measured for those as well. But you get none of that with Neil Aquina, a lot of mystery surrounding him. But if that, if that executive, if that unnamed executive, sauces, um, if that unnamed executive is right, and it's a 7 1 wingspan, it plays right into what you would want out of Nilakina, which is a defensive presence. Yeah, length and a defensive presence. That's why they, they got to get these guys to the combine, at least for these measurements. I mean, this is ridiculous uh, to have teams guessing like this. When you're dealing with lottery picks, you're dealing with you know the the, the product of your league. Uh, so I think they've got to do that. That's just a little tangent to, to revisit our uh, our, our um, combine. And also another thing about Apple. Ago. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, are you still concerned that that, they, that, that he's a uh, a stash guy though? You know that, that he won't come over for a year or two. 
Well, I'm concerned that that he would be able to immediately um, be in a lineup and be a backup point guard because, again, he could be a great defensive presence. That's fine. But if he can't run an offense and and that especially goes for Charlotte, because on some teams that wouldn't matter on some teams, uh, both the the first and the second unit run through superstars who Mm -hmm. who can play the point. James Harden, LeBron James, you know, but but on a team that need, you know, like the Hornets, that's going to need somebody to run the offense, they run the offense through the point guard position, especially in that second unit. It's important uh, that they have a, a real handle on the skills that it takes to be a point guard. I want to read this tweet. Draft Express draft expert Mike Schmitz tweeted, watching more Neil tape, could argue he's the draft's best defensive prospect, long, rangy, competes, great frame, could check, will check, one through three in time. One through three. Whew. Wow. Um, I mean, you brought up a good point, though. Think about how deep the point guard position is in the NBA right now. It's it's just hard for an, any 19-year-old to come in and uh, make an immediate – I mean, I don't expect to make an immediate impact, but it, it's just tough sledding to come in there um, having not played over here or not being in the system or just you know being young, coming into the NBA game. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's tough. That, that, that length and that height gives them a step up, but I mean – yeah, you, I just feel like you got to be sure. You got to be feeling all of really the, good feeling about this guy if you're drafting him in the lottery. That's true, but all of these, I think, all of these things, these little nuggets that are coming out about him, it's going to cause one of two things to happen. He's going several spots above eleven because teams are not going to want that kind of potential to escape the top ten, or he's available at eleven, and then you're looking around, going, "Okay, what's up?" A la Noah Vonley, that kind of deal. It's like why. The, the mystery yeah. starts to take over. The question marks start to take over. But if he by chance does fall to 11, are you okay with the Hornets making that selection? I think I'm pretty clear that I'm not okay with it. And I think that's an unpopular opinion. David, yeah. are you okay I'm, with it? Yeah, I'm still okay with it because that's a position of need. And that's I, I, like any of these guys I've said, I, I'm not to the point yet where I'm going to be super disappointed. Um, you know, depending on who they pass up, but I'm still fine with them taking Frank. I think he can come in. Um, I agree with Nada and the conversation we had maybe last week that, you know, if they add a guy like Frank or, uh, or Dennis Smith or, you know, another young rookie point guard, that probably signals that sessions is going to return. Um, but, and I would be okay with that. If you got somebody with the potential behind him to be, um, you know, a more effective player. So yeah, I'm sorry with Frank. I mean, we'll see what comes out of these workouts. I would be surprised if he worked out for the Hornets for some reason. Would you? I would. Yeah, I would be very surprised. Would yeah. you take French Frank over Donovan Mitchell? Don't do that. Hell no. I'm, I'm <laughs> Donovan Mitchell's my guy. Now that is my guy. We, we uh, that's uh, like I finally found him. I've been searching this whole process. I'm ready I'll to hand out my rose. I'm ready to hand out my rose to Donovan Mitchell. Would you take him over Zach Collins? Ooh. Sounds like yes. That's a tough one. I mean, that's where you get tough. I don't think they'll have that choice. Would you take him over Malik Monk? No. Would you take him over Dennis Smith? Mm, no. Doesn't sound. See, here's a, you. You like him at eleven, but you you don't want to. You don't want to make a decision. You don't want to make a call. You're well, fence riding. You're fence riding. I think he's in. It. I think he's in that crop. I think he's in that crop of guys of the of the, of the upper echelon. That's right on the borderline of the lottery picks, um, and I, you know, it wouldn't be surprised me to see him sneak up or down. But if he's there, that means like Smith is probably gone, Collins is probably gone. A lot of the guys we talked about, minus Donovan Mitchell, are probably gone. I mean, depending, you know, based on how things are looking now. You, you know, 
I saw our friend and listener Patrick on Twitter bring up a great point on the draft situation that the Hornets find themselves in and why it's difficult to really project who will be available at 11. And it's because of the Sacramento Kings. They own a a fifth and 10th pick. Mm -hmm. So first of all, the Kings are already crazy. You know, that organization not known for stability. So they could totally go off the off the rails and pick as as Patrick on Twitter suggested, you know, taking a Justin Jackson or taking someone that is far mm-hmm. below a Harry Giles, a, a John Collins, you know, somebody like that and 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 shift a player that the Hornets did not expect to be available at 11 to 11 and Good. And they could do that because, A, they have two picks in the top 10, so maybe they get crazy with that 10th pick. Or the other thing is they could trade that 10th pick. And then all of a sudden, maybe who you thought the the Kings would be prioritizing, all of a sudden those priorities change, and then someone sneaks up and grabs somebody and then another player is available or maybe a player that they thought would be available – um, like a Zach Collins or a or a Justin Jackson, if they were thinking about making that pick, all of a sudden isn't available. So a lot of variables right now in this Who's draft. Who's to say? Who's to say, Doug? A lot of stuff can happen. But yeah, I mean, the Kings are the wild card. <laughs> it's, that, good that, when that, the, it's good when the, when the analysts say, who's to say? Don't know. Who's to say? Not I. Wouldn't be me. This is why I'm going on vacation for a few days. <laughs> heading, <laughs> heading, heading south for a few days to... Kind of get my head wrapped around. It's one of, you know what's funny, though? Uh, it was when I took my vacation in early June last season that I started my draft um, analysis. Research analysis, yeah. 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 So oh, now we're, I'm knee deep in it. We're all over this year. <laughs> hey, yesterday the team officially announced the hiring of assistant coach Mike Batiste, who comes over from the Brooklyn Nets where he was a player development coach mainly working with big men uh, like Brooke Lopez for example who made by the way made a big leap in his ability to shoot the basketball Uh, Batiste played forward in college at Memphis before starring overseas in Europe as a small ball five and I was pretty much a a pick and roll machine you know setting picks rolling putting a lot of pressure on the rim finishing at the rim and uh, getting my teammates open um, for shots and uh, you know here I'm trying to uh, show those guys those same type of traits because that's where the game is going now. As you see, there's really no more traditional bigs anymore. Um, everything is pick and roll or switching defense. Uh, so th- these are the things that I would try to uh, show guys on video like Johnny and uh, Plumley and some other guys that, that wants to pick my brain at the knowledge and experience that I have. That was Mike Batiste, by the way, if you didn't know. David, I spotted him working with Johnny O'Brien on setting up a mid-range shot. If he can develop O'Brien into a role player that would and, and get O'Brien a guaranteed contract with the Hornets, that would solve a few issues for them in terms of their front court rotation. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be pretty good on his resume too, right? Uh, but we've seen little flashes from Johnny O last year from a little, from a little of that mid-range game, so... Good to see. I mean, I think we thought this was going in, in this direction to add him to the staff. So um, seems like a good addition. Pick and roll, we like that, right? We need some picking. We need some. Everybody needs pick and rollers. You know what I 
all all credit, all love to Patrick Ewing, who who did a great job in his his years under Steve Clifford and was trusted yeah. by Clifford and was an associate head coach. So he had a lot more responsibilities than just working for big guys. So all all credit, all love to him. But here's what I like about Batiste. He comes from overseas where he played small ball five, and you kind of heard it a little bit in that soundbite there. He was part of the revolution that started in Europe that eventually leaked its way into the NBA, that it was part of what we see developing now with with big men who, like we talked about earlier in the show, like Karnowski, who has to step out and learn how to shoot now when he wouldn't have had to do that you know, 10, 15 years ago. So I like that you have this coach working with the bigs now who understands the modern game, who understands what bigs have to do to be successful. And he's working with guys like Johnny O'Brien. And I'm sure he'll work with Frank Kaminsky, Marvin Williams, Cody Zeller to improve their games as well. By the way, Marvin and Frank both at that uh, workout session go to the Twitter, uh, uh, the Twitter. Go send send the tweets. Send your tweets at Locked On Hornets, and you can see a little bit of the media that I took uh, from there. Uh, by the time he came over to talk with the media, David, he had worked up one hell of a sweat. Uh, but it seems like that's the kind of coach he's going to be as well. He's not going to be, you know, kind of a ball feeder, a guy who's doing mostly uh, talking and and analysis. He still wants to get in there and dust it up despite being out of the game. I'm, I'm not a spring chicken as I used to be anymore, but um, just to get out there and still like bump and grind with guys and, and make let them know that, that I'm with them, I think that goes hand in hand. I think that's how you de- develop a relationship faster, you know, with guys. For me, it's therapeutic. You know, I'm not a player anymore, but to still be inside a gym and hear the ball bounce and to be physical and bump with guys, rebound for them, uh, it's, uh, it keeps my sanity. David, he's I love it. He's 39 going on 40. Maybe he can give Whoa. you some tips for this. Uh, he said that. I, this, I'm not breaking news. He said that also in the interview. <laughs> uh, t- <laughs> Maybe he can give you some tips for this uh, league that you're in. Not a pickup oh league. Hashtag no. not a pickup league. Not a pickup league. I, I've been I've have been playing for like 30 years. I've never heard uh, that that. That's fine. You know. That, That's what, no, I, I appreciate it. I appreciate. It. I mean, technically correct. So. Um, you know, we always appreciate the correction, but yeah, I, also I can definitely use some tips. So next time you see him, tell him to send me his tweets. But um, I think that's, I think that's, I think that's cool though. That, that's kind of like, it has that feel of like, uh, you know, like a, like a defensive line coach of football or something like that. Somebody that really gets in there and is not afraid to mix it up with the guys is still young enough to, you know, show them a thing or two in practice. So, and I think that helps guys, especially, especially young guys, right? Like, especially Johnny O'Brien, guys like that, that are still, kind of scratching and clawing to make their way and, and secure a spot in a team or in the league and on the team. So um, that's, that's, that's a pretty cool situation for him. Well, and especially because look, he's a new coach and he's coming into a coaching staff that really hasn't seen a lot of turnover, nah. you know, I mean, and, and so the guys that have been here a while, they've seen the same coaches over and over again. So as the new guy, it, it's, it can't hurt to get in yeah. there and, and dust it up a little bit, like I said, I mean that's the and he and he and he sort of hinted towards that as well that that's how you know that's how he is that's how he likes to develop relationships quickly with players by showing that he can get in there and um, as he put it bump and grind with these guys nothing wrong nothing wrong with a little bump and grind I don't see anything wrong with it. <laughs> So it's good. It's a good deal. I I, th- I think Mike Batiste is a great addition to the Hornets. Um, 
the Hornets lineup there and, and the coaching staff. And I, you know, I think some people would hear that he comes over from the Brooklyn Nets and look at the Brooklyn Nets record and sort of assume like, why would they take a player development coach from a team that did so poorly, but you have to look at some of the developments that happened with some of the bigs, including Brooke Lopez, who again was able to um, better himself while Mike Batiste was there in a significant way. So uh, that bodes well. When you see, look, he's a player development coach, and when you see players that were under him develop new skills, hey, to me, that's a good sign. Hey, there's no more players that needed development. There's no team that had more players that were in need of development (laughs) last year than the Nets, right? Right. So, I mean, that's where you want to find that. That's where you want to find them. This has been a good week here on Locked on Hornets. We've had a lot of fun and we've done a lot of analysis. And guess what? There's more to come because we are going to take you all the way to June 22nd draft night where we will be. I think we're we're ready to announce it. We're going to be broadcasting live on draft night. I think it's I think it's official. I don't know where. Uh, I don't know exactly when we're going on the air, but we're going we're going to be holding your hand, uh, getting ready for this eleventh pick, um, and we're we're going to be holding each other's hands as well because it's going I'm getting to getting excited. I'm getting excited, Doug. These previews have helped me. I hope it's helped some other people out there. But the important thing is it's helped me a lot. That's right. Well, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Hornets. Your support is what helps us uh, keep going here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets and subscribe to us on iTunes. While you're there, give us a five-star review and help hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. If you have Hornets questions and thoughts, tune in uh, or, or send us your those Hornets. Let me do that again. If you have Hornets questions or thoughts, send them to buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again next week with more draft analysis, some thoughts on the NBA Finals, and, of course, more uh, hot food and tech takes. For David, I'm Doug. (laughs) Go Hornets. Go America. Let's swarm Charlotte.